The following is a special color telecast. Stay tuned for Felony Squad, Peyton Place, Rat Patrol, and Iron Horse, which will immediately follow this special program. To a special episode of Hell in a Cell Phone. Now, last year around WrestleMania time, we went back and Bobby and Eric made their best guesses, their best predictions on who they thought would win the individual Slammies for that year. Problem, they stopped doing the Slammies, which I'm guessing is the, like, where are the Attitude Era now? We're fucking award shows are for your fucking grandma. Basically? I guess? Yeah. That sounds right. Yes, that is canon now. Sure. Uh, so we are going to go through the same ca- type of categories that you would normally see on a Slammy, and we are today giving our own impressions. So Aaron Benoit, Bobby Hankinson, Eric Silver. Let's Let, do this. Let's do it. All right. Let's start with... This start- is how, by the way, this is how the Hollywood foreign correspondents... <laughs> Uh, does it also? They just get together. And sit, <laughs> they're just they're like, okay, let's fucking talk this out. All right, just three people sitting around a table with cans of spiked seltzer. Right, no brand one, withheld because give us money. Right, yeah. no, no one knows how a Golden Globe actually comes about. <laughs> let's start with best finisher. Oh, okay, ooh, yeah. bottoms up, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, who wants to go first? Um, I, it, I was doing a lot of mental gymnastics. I. Came very close to awarding it to the ankle lock for this Ooh, year. Oh, interesting. Wow. Um, just because coming out, Ken Shamrock coming out and bringing this move in that it seems it's so simple yet so elegant and it requires just the full selling of the one applying it to look like they're really working to, to wrench and put on pain and then genuine acting out of the person who's receiving it so that we all believe that, yes, you are in pain right now. I like that. Yeah, you put a lot more thought into it than I did. Well, I was going to say, like, what's cool? Well, I went with um, the sharpshooter. Okay. Because I oh, thought yeah. the sharpshooter was the crux of so many important moments last year, from the screw job to the Austin Brett last Mania match. The sharpshooter had so many moments in so many matches that it just feel, feel, feels like the biggest deal and the most important thing. Yeah. I don't disagree with that at all. I went with eventually the stunner mm. because this because the parade of stunners that Austin has done throughout the Raws, giving it to everybody at this point. And I know we've got a lot of stunners to go, but I feel like the stunner really came into its own this year. You really ferreted us out with that. You're like, I was gonna say, oh. and then that's why I went with the stunner. I was thinking about the stunner uh, for similar reasons. I mean, obviously, it was transgressive. Uh, in a lot of ways, um, as we talked about. But uh, I want to give a um, uh, honorable mention to the Michinoku Driver. Mm, that's a good one, yeah. Really it's like. great, yeah, yeah, it's a great, great it's a very, it, it looks like It looks like a uh, power bomb that will fuck somebody up. And yeah. because Taka's so small, like the uh, like again, the other person does such a great job making Taka look like strong enough to, to pull this move off. It's just insane to think about who has to jump how when 
because they're both in the air. It seems like super high. Like mm-hmm. they're both jumping super high in the sky, <laughs> like, but in a very short amount of time. Yeah, like, what you have to do with your body. Yes, is to insane. get to get vertical and like turned around the way you have to get ready and turned around just feels very cool. You started doing uh, the original lyrics to "Can You Read My Mind" from <laughs> Superman. The it's a perfect Bo- Bobby's looking like like insane right now, but if you go back and watch the the original Superman, there's a scene where they're flying, and then all of a sudden Lois Lane does spoken word poetry in the middle of it. Yeah, I was on a certain psychedelic when I saw that. <laughs> oh. Holy shit! A, her face was melting, and B, I was like, I've seen this movie a hundred times. How did I never see? The spoken word poetry when he takes her flying. Was it's it love, Eric? Were you on love? I was on the psychedelic known as love. Aww. Yo, love is hard on the streets. <laughs> They've been recalling it now. It's been killing teenagers. All right. Next one should be pretty cut and dry, I assume. Who cuts the best promo? Austin. Austin. Uh, okay. You know what? I'm going to say Mankind because of those JR uh, interviews. I- Fine with that. I, that is a great. Wait, guys, are we just killing this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why don't we? Why don't they bring us back to 1998 so we can award our own Slammys, like real ones? I think uh, between us and McFoley, I, I don't think it's a toss-up. I think McFoley is a, is a respectable choice, mm-hmm. like for sure. But I don't think you can make the case for him over Austin. Where I think every single thing that has come out of Austin's mouth has been yeah gold. Yeah. No. Um. I. Austin, for sure, like, he just delivers it every time. Um, honestly, Rock was a, a, a big contender on the on the back end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really, he's definitely picking up steam, but I think his best days are he's, ahead. He's oh, not yet, yeah. he's not there. He's not there yet, but he's getting very close. Mm-hmm. Mankind was great for that. I also, you know, again, honorable mention to Vader in Kuwait. Mm-hmm. That was pretty great. I mean, this is not a man who delivers uh, very good promos all the time, uh, all the time, but... No, he tends to bark anything yeah, he does. he just asks people, what time is it? Because <laughs> uh, he just woke up late for the match. But... That that scene in Kuwait is amazing. And then, of course, I, I wanted to say Ahmed Ver- uh, when he was going <laughs> against the Nation of Domination. I thought about going like that route yeah. for this. Like, but the, like my pro- favorite <laughs> promos or who I actually think gives the best promo right. or like what I think is the best because it brings me the most joy. Yeah. Right. Like Legion because of I, Doom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well. Which brings us probably nicely. <laughs> We're getting there close. Uh, oh, we might be in the next one here. Yeah. Loose screw? I went with Hawk. There's no wow. screw. There's no, I, I thought about it. I mean, obviously, Mick Foley comes to mind. Kane maybe comes to mind. Even Ken Shamrock, maybe you could make the argument for But, like, what I think there is no screw looser than <laughs> the ones in, that are drilled in those two little reverse mohawks into his head. They are barely hanging on, my friends. I've got Mick Foley for this one uh, here. Yeah. And, I, yeah. And, I mean... Coming off of the interview with JR, the three faces of Foley, the three entrances into the Royal Rumble, and creating three distinct characters that each have their own mannerisms, their own way to act, and are all fucking crazy in their own way. But again, I cannot, I will yeah. not fault you for that. I, I think we, I think you need the argument that the Mick Foley, that the that the three faces of Foley mm-hmm. are looser screws. Um, 
Bangkok Cactus Jack dude love, but Mick Foley is actually a very no, lucid, very, talented person. Well, right, but versus Hawk, Hawk is who's a... playing a regular person, <laughs> but who actually is completely insane. Right, so the question is, is it kayfabe yeah, loose screw exactly, or is it exactly. like loose screw actual performance? As a work, it's Mick Foley. As a shoot, it's Hawk. Yeah, because like for me, I, I have Mick Foley. I, you know, if you introduce two other personalities already, you know, you've you've earned it for me. But I I, I fully understand the Hawk. Fair. And that brings me to my answer for best tag team this year, Legion of Doom. Oh, okay. Defend it. Um, because the energy, the pop that they get every time that they come in, um, the New Age Outlaws aren't quite there yet. Um, I, I'm, I know that they're going to get there. And I just honestly, I because we're in such a transitional phase, um, and mind you, this helps that uh wrestlemania is not included in this wrestlemania yeah. 14 is not included in my, my choice here because oh boy i gotta have a lot to say about them later on but yeah that's i also took a different tack here where i actually went with the headbangers now i i i don't think when we look back which of these teams will have a hall of fame career i don't think it'll be the headbangers <laughs> But for this year, I thought they were really something different. Yep. Um, in a in a tag team division that was, I mean, just chock a block with utter and complete dog turds. Like just everywhere you looked, yeah. the Godwins, the Smoking Guns, the with NWA, any, every iteration of Blackjacks, wherever they put whoever they put with JBL at any given point, bad, 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 bad. So the Headbangers at least were like a breath of fresh air and brought some legit like like pop culture coolness to the WWF at a time when it was still really dorky and then helping transition into something a little cooler mm-hmm. or a little bit more relevant. Um, and other moves were kind of exciting. And I think, I, I, I don't know if they'll ever get another chance to be in the running. So yeah. I chose them for now. I, um, I wasn't, for obvious reasons, I wasn't very excited about this category. I didn't even really pick anything. I like had some of like, my things in my mind and I was like, well, what do I want to go with? I mean, I think, you know, you make a good point about Legion of Doom because obviously Legion of Doom, yeah, that's what they're yeah. called. Jesus Christ, I got it's it. Legion I, of the Doom. Legion, oh, right. <laughs> um, I had a real brain fart about that. I was like, that doesn't sound right. Words. <laughs> um, so yeah, Legion of Doom obviously was a huge performer in this. Headbangers, I think, were very good. Um, I was about to. I was kind of leaning towards giving the nod to New Age Outlaws just because they were so much more interesting to me than a lot of the other ones. Like, I I mean... Uh, You're not wrong. Road Dog is very, very fun. Yeah. Yeah. And and Billy... And Badass Billy Gunn is, like, a fucking nutcase. He might be also a loose screw. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. But um, I also thought maybe uh, Shawn Michaels and... Um, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's good. Mm. And, and I think I didn't really consider as much Owen Hart and British Bulldog, which I feel like are other oh, yeah. going to be good contenders because they're you know they were such a good tag team. But I think this is one of those things where we have the benefit of hindsight now, and so we know what happens later. And I think I still kind of view them more as single stars. And I also um, didn't even, didn't even think about it until we started having this conversation. Didn't think of any of the factions when I was oh. doing this, so. I mean, like I thought of them as in like yes, I know these exist, and I'm purposely not choosing them. Well, Nation of Domination <laughs> has. I don't know if I consider any two members though as a ta- as a yeah, definitive tag I didn't, team. I wasn't considering factions. Like I actually think like the GOA were wrestling as tag teams more. Like I think you, you could say like if for some reason you were so inspired by their performance <laughs> that you wanted to consider them for this, I think they would count as part of the tag team division more than any other like permutation of the faction. But I hated eight ball. I only liked skull. You know what? And uh, the chain. 
It turns out actually that eight ball is the evil twin of the two. <laughs> what about best dressed? I had a lot of fun with this one. Ooh, I, I had three. Well, I'm starting us off. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> I mean, Hung- did I say hungry more? Hungry butt? Okay. Hungry butt, thigh pads. But then think of every time we see Ahmed Johnson not in his wrestling gear. Think of the fanny packs. Think of the sweatsuits. Like, the, the ones that make him look like a grizzled prospector yes. shooting at varmints. From he's, <laughs> he's always wearing something completely insane. Every time he's on screen, I, I, he's the only thing I can even consider possibly entertaining would be Ahmed Johnson. Wow. I thought about Goldust, too, as sort of like a, you're giving us something. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had Goldust. I mean, but again, on the back end... Goldust on the back end was really throwing a lot at the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I threw in Jeff Jarrett as a as a homage to Aaron and his love of Aztec. Well, no, Jeff Jarrett is the correct answer. For <laughs> this is such a weird thing about you. I, oh. The color scheme works so well together, and the fact that he's back to his and we'll talk about this on, next week on our episode. But the fact that he's back to his bullshit country singer, like light him up. Nope, nope, I'm getting worked up. We got to keep moving on. Uh, Did you have someone else? I also had Badass Billy Gunn, because again, anybody who dresses like Encino Man (laughs) is all right in my book. Okay, I I, I, I plan on going into this more maybe in next week's episode, but I will just briefly say that I believe that Badass Billy Gunn is the first time I saw, and I mean, uh, a wrestler start wearing the sort of like shorty shorts, like not quite briefs, not quite uh, shorts, like... At a oh, time before, oh, yeah. like boxer briefs were commonly worn in the in the everyday vernacular, and as like a pubescent, oh, like boy shorts, yeah. But like as a pubescent gay boy, it was very thrilling for me. <laughs> sure. New sensation. New sensation. All right, I'll go with this one. Yeah. Kane. Kane is a you know. I mean, there were. I guess there were a few a few people. There's some people who had like new gimmicks yeah that, that made them and, really good and that was something that i was wondering about like does the rock I count would, in this category i don't i don't think so it. i don't think he's a new sensation i also don't think he's a sensation yet that I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah i yeah. I, I, agree. I, I find him neither new nor a sensation discuss or whatever <laughs> <laughs> uh i also ultimately landed with kane but i i for a very long time thought my answer was going to be ken shamrock who I think also qualifies as a brand new sensation. Mm-hmm. And I think he very quickly, because I was going through all the old pay-per-views that like qualify for the, our, our eligibility period, if you will. Yeah. Um, and realizing, wow, Ken Shamrock was just a referee then, like a special guest referee, like just like months yeah. ago. Yeah. A year. Uh, well, a little less. WrestleMania yeah, 13. Yeah, it was, like, it was, it was exactly right. Yeah. So it was just a year ago he was a referee, and now he's one of the biggest stars in the company. He had a title shot. I mean, like, he's good. And he's fucking good. Mm-hmm. Like, he's good in the ring and really picked it up quickly. And so I... Uh, uh, he was he was another like high on my list. It was really between the two of them. I think. Also, dude, love could count as a new. That's sensation. true. I wonder though again with the hindsight of Kane's career though, if that's why it's if it's seen, if it's if that skewers are no, I disagree. At all. They, um, did, so they did. And again, we'll talk about this more yeah. next week. But they did such a good job with that build, and I agree. He, he arrived on the scene and immediately caused an impact yeah. every single week. Yeah, it's the blueprint of how to build a monster. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> what about Miss Slammy? Again, there's only one choice. It's got to be Sable. Oh, I was going to say Christine Todd Whitman. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Listen, she, I, she her son yeah. used to wrestle in the backyard. <laughs> this story has changed. No, that bitch has cred. I thought she used to play with wrestling figures. No, uh, did she? I don't, can't remember now. Oh, God. She was basically, no, all she said was we used to, what, what did she say? We play used, wrestling? We used to have, like, matches. Mm-hmm. No, she. I mean, she meant the figures, okay. but she didn't understand that the figures were not actually, was not the same as wrestling. So, like, the way she referred to it was, like, to talk Wait, about. Wait, you think that Chrissy Todd Whitman thinks that. <laughs> WWF wrestling is just two action figures in a ring? Probably. If you think about it, The Indian in the Cupboard just came out a couple years earlier, okay? The year is 1995. The Indian in the Cupboard is just... (laughs) Could you imagine that that they put... You put the Ultimate Warrior in the cupboard and people all die and say, I hate gay people! (laughs) (laughs) Jews! Put it back, put it back! (laughs) Warrior's here, he's got something to say. No! (laughs) Yeah, it would basically be that movie Small Soldiers... Is that the based on Toy Story? Nah, it, probably not worth it. But you don't remember? It was uh, they had the commandos and then the monsters, but the monsters were the good guys and the commandos were the bad guys. Whoa! No, then definitely not worth diving into any further. There are three possible answers to this. Okay, one is Marlena, and sure. I think that Marlena's been off the screen for a little while now. But I, I think that she played a huge part in a lot of storylines leading up to this. Uh-huh. Agreed. Sable is obviously killing it right now. Sable is arguably the second biggest star in the company at this pay-per-view. Uh, I, 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 going into, going into WrestleMania 14, but going in, but she is the second biggest star in the company. Wilts. She is. I mean, and, and she, that has been a build. She's had a steady popularity through Sunny. I feel like is off the table up, Oh, before this pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Boy, yeah. So she's been doing guest ring announcements and refing for minis. Um, I think Marlena had one story mm-hmm. um, that she did a great job in, uh-huh. but that was over and didn't end in any way that was success- that wasn't able to resolve itself in any way. Her fault. Um, <laughs> she, she, well, she didn't kill Brian Pillman. Uh, <laughs> allegedly. Uh, no, then, so it's got to be Sable. Sable is, I, I, I think it's, uh, I think Sable has a... But what about China? China is the other one. That because I, I have China. I, I don't think China even. I don't. Th- I still think we've seen the best we'll see from China. I, I agree. Have we seen the best we've seen from Sable? Getting there. I mean, like, but in terms of like popularity fever pitch, whoo wee. I mean, like that pop she gets is unbelievable. Yeah, Sable. Uh, China is. China is still potential energy. I agree. I agree. I agree. I don't think China has realized that China is a superstar yet. Um, Sable knows she's a superstar and she's like stepping into the light in a way that I don't think we've seen China do yet. Everything is a fucking mess. We don't even have any cars honking. I don't know if you noticed this, but don't worry. We'll make up for it. I dropped my pen, folks, and Eric is yelling at me. Well, pens dropped, other things dropped. I don't know. So this next category... uh, uh, uh. Oh, Carrie Brownstein, everyone is in the house. So this next category, I didn't get your reference, Bobby. Carrie Brownstein. Uh, 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 oh, you ever listen to Slater Kinney? Kinney? Yeah, okay. I guess that's... And it's my favorite, I say that with love, it's my favorite band of all time. But I was thinking more of a... Uh, uh. This next category is weird because... Um, <laughs> Sorry, Slammy Daddy. <laughs> people uh, kind of like go in and out of... Heat. So best heel is the next category. And so I they think there are a couple of different ways to take this one. Here. I feel pretty strongly about this being Shawn Michaels. Okay. I, I think that Shawn Michaels oh. has been dependably main event heel for the better part of 
the year. I mean, he between the the Canada stuff and then um, like still feuding into Canadian Stampede or One Night Only or whatever that was. But if I feel and like then half, the DX stuff. But I feel like half the year he's been a face. Because I thought about Sean, I thought about Brett, I thought about The Rock. I mean, I, I know The Rock. The Rock kind of like. Thing, I, I don't think it's The Rock, and I don't think it's Brett. So for me, the one who's been reliably heel literally since his debut is Kane, and by extension, Paul Bear. I don't know if I would, if I would say that Kane's the best heel. No, he's not. Because he's he's, not he's more because he's still at this point a plot device. Go on. He doesn't speak, which I know is part of the character, mm-hmm. but it's also part of the character, I think, because he doesn't have the skills to not have it be part of the character. Um, he only has had a handful of physical altercations to really prove himself, where Shawn Michaels carries the company on his back. Uh, and he is, the in terms of generating heel heat, in terms of, like, uh, a drunk fan would be most likely to punch you outside of the arena— Shawn Michaels. No one's yelling uh, slurs at Kane. No one, like, no one has the kind of heat Shawn Michaels has. No one has, and it's, and it's the, it's the right heat. It is the exact, like, on purpose, intentional heat he tries to get, and it's nuclear, and he gets it like nobody else. Who did you have, Eric? Um, I had The Rock, but like I didn't put a lot of thought into it, and I will easily roll over for uh, Harper. But as we know, Eric is a coward. (laughs) (laughs) Stands for nothing. Yes, I am. Superstar of the year. Everybody say it with me. One, two, three. Austin. Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Austin. I guess there were a whole bunch of different names. We so could we have permitted yeah, yeah. So we're going to say, we're going to say, we're going to say Austin this time. One, two, three. Stone Cold. Uh, Austin. Austin. All right. All right. Steve. Yeah. There's no, I mean, like, it doesn't even, it doesn't have to be discussed. It's the big, he's the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's the biggest thing in all of wrestling mm-hmm. at this point. Cause I feel like even the big WCW heads are at this Steve point. Steve Austin is the biggest star in professional wrestling. I mean, it's, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. He's he's the biggest thing. So that leads us to match of the year. This was a tough one. And so I, there are there are three matches that stand out to me this year. And the first one, I'm just going to say it because it, it really wasn't in contention for it. But I still fucking love Triple H yep. versus Cactus Jack on Monday Night Raw. Oh. Oh, are we putting Raw matches in contention? I don't know that we should... You're saying it's not in contention? I'm, no, I'm saying that that that's just that was the, of the my three favorite matches year. That was that number seen. three. Okay, I but I'm realize, not putting. Okay, I think I like I like uh, Triple H versus Mankind, who became Dude Love. Yeah, the, at cage. Canadian Stampede. Yeah, that was a good match. That was the, a great match. The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, what is it? The, was it the cage match? It yeah, was, it was a cage match. Cage yeah. match, but then it he kind jumps of, off. It also uh, they did all the stuff outside with it too. No, like, that was a different match. That was a different one. This is one where China slams the cage on his head. He rips open his shirt and it's a Dude Love heart. He the Jimmy Snuka off the yes. top of the oh, cage. Okay. So that, the other, wasn't, it was, wait, that, that was Canadian Stampede where no. they did where they were um, they went out to outside. It was, they did two matches for two straight months. Yeah. What? Which one was that? Was that Stampede? SummerSlam? Stan, uh, I believe it was Stampede. I think Stampede was the one where they fought like outside. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So, so, Summer so Slam, what was you, SummerSlam? I think was, was the, the cage one match. Where Jude Love showed, showed up. Yeah. That makes match. sense because the yeah. cage match they would need the cage to keep them contained because they yeah. went all over the arena and they were paperwork yeah. for it. That was in that was in contention for me. Okay, it wasn't really in contention for me, but that's a good match. Let's see, let's see what else. But I think there's really only two matches that you can choose from. Give them. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hitman Hart yep. at WrestleMania 13. Yep. Yeah. And Hell in a Cell, Shawn Michaels versus Wow, yeah. I have a third in contention. Okay. I don't know if I, if I, if I, can, if I, if I would 
die on the hill that it's better than either of those two. Uh-huh. But I want to throw out there Brett versus Taker at SummerSlam. It's a good match. I think it's a good match. It's a good match. And when you consider not just the wrestling of it, because I don't think it's the spot fest of some of the other matches. Not that any of these matches are really spot fest. They're actually beautiful ring psychology. Mm -hmm. Like, they should be shown in any wrestling school. Anyone who wants to try to really understand the storytelling of wrestling or appreciate it, I think these are all great to see. But this one, I think had so many story beats woven into it so smartly with the way that Shawn Michaels was refing, but he would lose his job if he doesn't ref squarely in the position it put him in. And it was just such a, it was such a smart way to like build to the climax of the storyline that, that set in motion so much after it, that it just felt like such a monumental moment. Mm -hmm. Even if it doesn't get recognized with the same kind of uh, reverence that, Hell in a Cell, that first Hell in a Cell does, uh, or the Austin Brett match. And I wonder, honestly, if there was more uh, blood in it, if it would be remembered. Maybe. Because those two matches remembered fondly, I think, because they're the two shots you see clear as day all the time. They have Austin screaming in pain, bloody face, the one, and Michael's bloody face being rammed into the thing. And they show that on packages about wrestling WWE's own, like, internal commercials forever. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, the Austin, I mean... They, the Austin face, the bloody Austin face, has been burned into my, etched into my brain. Um, and to the degree where I'm like, oh, and, and also, you know, I, re, I went and re-listened to like how, how I felt at the time when we talked about it. And I was like, wow, no, I love that match. Yeah. It was an amazing match. Also, the double turn. Yes. Yep. 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 And where hell in a cell is was awesome and amazing and and all that but as far as an actual match goes that scene hell in a cell was a spectacle Mm -hmm. and hell hell in a cell was was the the um the arrival of kane it was all these things that i think go beyond just what happens in the ring and so i had to give it when I, i put when i finally put my stamp on it had to go to Stokehold versus Brett because of pure. everything. It was yeah. a pure thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think I, I would be very happy to like send this off into the sunset by being like, Austin and Brett was the best wrestled match of the year, if not one of, if not the best of all time. Uh, definitely in like the top three. Uh, and you could say the Hell in a Cell was like the biggest like spectacle. Yep. Uh, and storyline wise, like execution, that SummerSlam match I think has has a lot of merit. I think that I think that makes sense. I mean, look, a piece for you, Gretchen Wieners. Them, yeah. All three of them had very, very good story. Very, all all three of them had all of the qualities. Um, and I think the thing that we all recognize about that, and the thing that makes all these things great, is it wasn't just like a oh shit, let's we're we're cobbling this together like right before the show starts. These were all moments that were planned for specific purposes. And led to things going on down the road, which is one of the th- reasons that the current product has me so upset on so many occasions. Wow. Aaron, I don't want to derail us, but that's a very interesting point, listeners, to keep in mind for next week's episode. Because I want to have some interesting thoughts in response to that at the beginning of our next episode. But I also, by the, along those lines, I think there's an exception. It's Jim Cornette versus uh, who... <laughs> Who was uh, <laughs> Jose Lothario? Oh, I mean, because no. honestly, that that seemed like it wasn't. Was that it, in no, year? that was a year before. Uh, okay, well, fucking step on my bed. <laughs> I want to see Jose Lothario and Stu Hart duke it out with terrible Ted as guest referee. Stu? It was Mark Marrow and Butterbean. We all know. <laughs> 
Finally, boxing comes to wrestling. He says just weeks away from Tyson Fury stepping in the ring with Braun Strowman. There's been a lot of fun, guys. Uh, We always have a lot of fun here. And we look forward to you tuning in next week when you hear our take on WrestleMania 14. Wait, I want to give one more slammy. Yes. To our listeners for sticking with us and listening to us, for having so much fun. Uh, Thanks for listening. You guys get best heel. (laughs) 